Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG, and I'm Eric Clayton. What makes a prayer feminist? Shannon Evans, author, retreat facilitator, and the spirituality and culture editor at National Catholic Reporter, is back on the pod today to reflect on exactly that question. She has a great new book out, a compilation of prayers called Feminist Prayers for My Daughter, Powerful Petitions for Every Stage of Her Life. And let me assure you, this book is for everyone. Not only does it provide spiritual accompaniment, but it also demands that we ask questions like, what would the Psalms have sounded like if they'd been written by women? What life experiences do we need to better integrate and lift up in our prayer life? What images and understandings of God do we need now, in this moment, to better deepen our relationship with our Creator? Shannon shares her reflections on these questions, as well as insight into her own writing journey, and some hot takes on the mystics and why they'll be the topic of her next book. I want to give just a brief warning. There is mention of sexual abuse around minute 15 of this episode. No details are given, and the context is Shannon's own surprise about the power of her book's prayers in very challenging situations. I invite you to check out the show notes to find links to Shannon's website, books, and Substack. Now, here's Shannon. Shannon Evans, welcome back to AMDG. How's it going today? Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. And you are here to talk about your newest book, Feminist Prayers for My Daughter, Powerful Petitions for Every Stage of Her Life. So I wanted to start with, with that. Why uh, why did you write this book? Why now? What was the inspiration? Um, well, on a personal level, I had my first daughter after having four boys and not planning to have any more kids. And so I, I, in some ways, it sort of like bamboozled me of like, oh, I, it kind of reoriented a lot of the way that I saw the world. And you have two girls too, so you probably know a little bit about what we're talking about. <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like oh, I I I feel more. I feel like there's more of an urgency now than there was before I had a daughter to like have a hand in creating the kind of equitable world for females that I want to see. And um, so this was partly just like personally selfishly motivated to like have a resource for my daughter. But then it also kind of um, became something bigger because I, I I was kind of perplexed by the absence of resources out there really for, um, for, for prayers or for spirituality that is kind of um, geared towards the feminine experience. And yeah, it just felt like there was like this this lack and it felt like an obvious um, project to undertake. So I excitedly dove in and kind of naturally started with just like writing honest prayers for her. And then it kind of became bigger than that. Yeah, I'm interested. So now you got me thinking because the idea that, um, you know, the arrival of a daughter kind of changes how you see the world. Right. And I, I resonates with me and I'm sure it resonates with other folks who have um, who have daughters. Um, and, I, and I think it, it's you know, it, people can think of of um, just kind of conversations you have differently or kind of the way you kind of view just kind of interacting with people in, in the day to day. But I, I'm wondering, um, you're think, you're taking it to a spiritual level, like having a daughter changes things at a spiritual level and the way we think and see spirituality. Can you say more on that and kind of how kind of creating that new, that spiritual space um, is, is just as important as, as some of the other, you know, yeah. uh, things that, that people might more readily think about? Yeah. One of my, um, 
one of the memories from my childhood that my dad likes to bring up a lot is um, my family's Baptist and I, I became Catholic when I was 30, but, um, but he was a Baptist pastor and, and taught theology and stuff. So he would kind of like to have these conversations with us. And um, so one day we started talking about the gender of God. And of course, my dad's trying to emphasize that God is spirit, you know, not no gender. And I was like adamantly like, no, God's a boy. I was probably like three at this point, you know, I was like, no, God's a boy. And we went back and forth on it for a while. And, and I, and he was like, why are you so sure? And I was like, did you ever hear of a girl named God? And he was like, <laughs> touche. No, I have not. Um, but I think it's like that kind of thing. I mean, it's like, it's so cute, but it's also, it makes me sad. And I want more for my daughter than to think like that her brother's like image God in a way that she doesn't, you know? And so, and the same thing for them. Like, I want them to know that she, you know, reflects a part of who God is that, um, that would be incomplete without the feminine. And so, yeah, I think in our spiritual spaces of like, it, when we, when we kind of, um, observe is a really passive word. I guess when we interact with the the feminine space of God, it's in a different way and it draws out different things from us than when we interact with the masculine, which is like, it should, it should be both and, right? Um, but I think like on a personal level and on a collective level, we've really missed out because we've kind of been afraid to do that with the feminine in particular. Yeah. And, um, and the stakes are high, right? Because you're, uh, it, it's about, are we expanding, um, our, our image of God and, and able to kind of grapple with, uh, with an increasing understanding of all that God is, you know, always beyond our imagination. Um, or, uh, are we kind of limiting God and putting God in a box? Right. And, 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 and I think that's, it speaks really well to, to the stakes and also the importance of, of this book and, and, you know, prayers, um, prayers called feminist, right. Which, which is, um, uh, you know what you've done in this book, so I want to I want to look at that word feminist because I think uh, that's going to immediately jump out at people. And I want um, I want to invite you to kind of reflect aloud on 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 what that word means for you and and what it really means for for this book and how you're framing this book because I think um, again it's probably people are going to uh, react strongly in one way or the other to that that word. And so I want you to help walk us through what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a choice. <laughs> it was a definite choice to go with, um, knowing that like it will be off putting for some people. But I think hopefully, even if people are uncertain about it, then it piques a certain curiosity. Um, but I say in the introduction of the book that I use the term feminist in a really in a really literal way, according to the definition, which is just you know advocating for the equality of all genders. And um, just, I think feminism at its best um, is intersectional and and advocates for um, equity for people of different races and socioeconomic classes and different life experiences. And I think feminism fails when it does not take that into account. Um, so there's a lot of critiques over whether the word is appropriate to use here, but I wanted to do it because I wanted it to be um, a word that is easily accessible, that kind of people at least have a general idea of what I'm talking about. 
Um, and I have had some good responses from people who were like, I originally didn't think this book was for me because of the title, but I did open it up and start reading it. And I actually realized I resonate with the whole thing or like, I really, you know, it's not as scary as it sounds in the title or whatever. So I appreciate that kind of feedback too. Yeah. Have you heard anything else from, from folks that maybe it's, it's changed the way that they approach their own spiritual lives or prayer lives and in ways that they didn't expect? I'm, I'm impressed that people would, would, would be off put by the title, but still say, let me give it a shot. And then come around that that's really but that says a lot about your readers <laughs> yeah it does i have i have amazing readers or at least the, the core base is really incredible um i feel like too there's like i wrote rewilding motherhood before this so i think that there's been some trust built up if people have read or at least from are familiar with that one that um that i i feel like i can pull experiences from a lot of and perspectives from a lot of different kinds of people and find ways to um, to, to speak in a way that's not off-putting or scary. Um, but yeah, as far as like responses, I, yeah, it's it's been really beautiful to see how, how people are interacting with it because I like often say, I don't know that the book is necessarily incredible, but watching people, you know, I mean, that's that's what I said too. When I first read, I was like, well, this isn't incredible. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Everyone should get a copy. (laughs) Yeah. That's a great way to sell a book. I don't know that this book is any good, but, um, you know, you just go into every podcast and say that. Perfect. Um, so Shannon, I'm curious, um, about your writing process, because to me, it seems very overwhelming, um, to write. I don't even know how many prayers you have in here, like a hundred or so sit down, just like write, 80, knock yeah. out 80 prayers. Um, seems like it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, it, and, and I think it takes a certain, um, you have to enter into a certain kind of spiritual place that, you know, probably isn't sustainable for, you know, hours on end. So I'm curious at how you approached crafting this book and I and I think you said once that it, it wasn't just you know over the year or so you worked on this book but it's, it's been something you've been you've been working on for a long time as you've been accumulating prayer so w- walk us through kind of what uh, what the process is like yeah I started um just writing a few prayers the first few months that my daughter Thea was born and like I said those are sort of like just organic from my heart for her but also kind of with you know as a writer's going to write, it's like with this idea of like, maybe I'll use these at some point, you know? Um, and yeah, so kind of as it evolved, I kind of decided that that was, that this was becoming a book. And so I, I became a little bit more, um, I zoomed out my lens a little bit more. So there's things in this book that like may or may not ever apply to her. And I'm aware of that, but it's still, it still felt important to include, um, in a book of prayers for daughters. So it kind of, yeah, it is, it, it was funny. It started out like this very kind of like, oh, like personal prayer journaling experience. And then of course, as it happens with writing books, it was like, oh my gosh, I have a month left and I have like 50 prayers to write. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so I like actually went to, I was, I was doing a retreat, um, at the Franciscan Spirituality Center in La Crosse, Wisconsin, shout out to them because I love those people. And, um, and so then they just let me stay for like two days after. And so I just like holed up in this tiny little room there and, um, just like churned out a bunch of prayers. I don't know how many, and it was kind of exhausting and I could not have done that in like my normal life, you know, um, because just like I have five kids and things are crazy. So it was a real gift to be able to do that. 
but then even after that point, I wasn't done. And so then it was like, (laughs) I would do like one prayer, like after the kids went to bed every night or every other night or something. So it was definitely a long process from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I just marvel at the like in like the spiritual space you have to get into, not you, I think a person, I would, I would invite anyone listening yeah. to kind of sit and like really kind of write a prayer because it, uh, you know, how long can you sustain that and what can you pull out of that? And I think it's, it's a really powerful place to be in, but also probably not where we exist full time. But what I, what I hear you saying is um, the key to writing a book on prayers is to wait until the last minute and then find a, a one room where you can scroll away for two days um, in Wisconsin. That's, that's the trick. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Ideally in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> that is that's my only advice okay yes. all right that's good <laughs> um but i want to i do want to go back though because um because i know you, you said you wrote some prayers that, that may not pertain to your daughter um but i think you also wrote some prayers that aren't necessarily out of your own experience you know moments in life that yeah. you yourself haven't yet reached um and so i, I want to invite you to reflect on those prayers because I, I think you've had some experiences of, of hearing from people who have experienced yeah. kind of what these prayers have have speak to um and it's been really powerful right so just uh, if you could share some some reflections on that yeah that goes back to kind of like being a little bit in awe of like what happens to the prayers when they get in people's hands Mm -hmm. and when they bring their life experience to a prayer that i either personally haven't experienced or related to or they are interacting with it in an entirely different way um it's been really amazing so i i have never experience miscarriage or infant loss, but there's a prayer for that in there. And obviously I pray that my daughter never does, but, um, but I was thinking of what I had learned by listening to friends, um, and my sister and people that I love who have experienced that and kind of trying to draw from, from what I hear them saying, um, and the kinds of prayers that, that, I hear them saying that they need. And somebody, um, actually another podcast host host was commenting, like the Psalms give us a lot of things. They don't give us prayers for stuff like that. You know, they don't give us prayers for miscarriage or, or losing a child. And, um, I think, you know, if, if women had written the Psalms, there would be those prayers in there, you know? And so just like, just allowing ourselves to kind of, um, as women in the church, like grieve that and be like, yeah, like, why is it that it's 2023 and nobody has written a prayer in a book like that? I mean, I don't know, maybe somebody has along the way, but, um, yeah. So I hearing that kind of stuff has been really meaningful hearing that, that to, to have someone just give, give words instead of having to find your own words in those kind of painful circumstances has been really meaningful to people. I had a really good friend, who um, a few months ago was going through a long and really brutal court case against um, some uh, person who had sexually abused her as a child. And she texted me, she was out of state for the, for the hearing. And she texted me that she was reading the prayer, um, the prayer for an enemy and that one for loving an enemy. And, and just like, I didn't have anything specific in mind when I wrote that, but it, but it kind of was this sense of, those kinds of deep, deep injustices um, and how, how do we approach those in a, in a way that makes space for compassion, but also um, also doesn't deny the harm that was done. And so that was just, yeah. So things like that have just really kind of blown me away. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. And I want to, I want to like, just like put a, 
uh, attack. And one one thing you said that I think is really important um, for folks again who are who are writing or just you know thinking about how to kind of put words to their own prayers. And you said um, you know the importance of listening. I, I, you know it seems very simple, but I think often we assume prayers um, you know just between us and God, right? And um, but but as you as you said, right, to, to get some of these prayers out, particularly prayers that, that are experiences that you. Um, yourself haven't necessarily had, there was that need for deep listening to other people. And I think that's, it's like a really important point. And, and I think folks should, should really kind of, we should all reflect on that. How, how are we listening to one another as a way to hear what God is inviting us to do and, and kind of what God is trying to pull out of us, uh, which as, you know, yeah. as, as we've seen, this can be a real, real gift to people. Um, mm-hmm. I want to, uh, maybe you've already talked about this prayer, but I, I wonder if um, there's any certain prayers that surprised you uh, either in the writing or in the reception. And if, and if you have one, maybe you can read it for us. I think some of the ones that have resonated most with people are not my favorite ones. And that has been surprising. I'm like, oh, okay, that one. Really? Cool. Do you, you ever know? tell them they're wrong? Do you ever say, well, that's really not a great prayer? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the ones that I consider not fantastic. Mm. So you chose poorly. No, I'm right. just kidding. It's hard to hear, um, but they got to hear it. <laughs> one, that, one that has been really popular and that I liked, I just didn't really think that much about was... Um, for befriending anger. Um, I guess I just didn't, I, I know I had done my own inner work and I think women in particular are really conditioned to downplay our anger or call it other things, call it frustration or call it being upset or call it, you know, even just like, I'm fine. No, I'm fine or whatever. Um, and so maybe that's why it has resonated so much because it just gives language to something that is hard for women to give language to. Um, but yeah, that's, I can read it. That's Please. been one. That's, yeah, if you, if you would. Okay. For befriending anger. Oh, rolling thunder. Women are wary of their anger. Anger can feel threatening, wild, unpredictable. Women are afraid that if they open Pandora's box, they will never stop raging. The hurt has been too deep. The injustices have been too many. The fury has been domesticated. If women let it out, they might never recover. But perhaps it is not about recovering, but uncovering. Uncover my daughter's anger, O rolling thunder. Let silent repression never be her fate. Let her feel her anger, let her taste it. Let her listen to her anger because it tells her the truth. Her anger tells her what is wrong, what is not as it should be, what is not as you intended. She can trust her anger. After she has felt it for as long as she needs to feel it, make it clear to her what to do with it. Show her how to channel her anger into change, into action. Show her how to leverage her power to make things right. Amen. Thank, thank you for, for that prayer. And it, it makes me think, you know, anger, I think, is such a good example of something that, you know, women and men um, are told to handle differently, right? It's it's kind of, the, you know, it's, it's supposedly yeah. the same, you know, quote unquote, sin or, or vice or what have you, but, but we, we handle it, we're told to handle it differently. And I think anger and pride and and honors and some of these these things these that show up in the ignatian exercises in the ignatian tradition hit differently when we're um talking to a group of women or a group of men right um but too often because you know the history of the ignatian tradition uh, is often has been written by men for, for many especially you know with, what with the jesuits being men uh, ignatius being a man um that's the experience that's been prioritized and i think a lot of good work has been done in the last several decades 
to to shine a light on on the huge gap what we're missing. So I wonder if you have any reflections or reactions to that. I know you've done the exercises. You do a lot of thinking and writing in the nation tradition. Um, what what how does this idea of prayer and, and giving voice to these other areas um, again hit differently depending on who we're talking to? Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it's really interesting because I think the answer to how I navigate that I found through doing the spiritual exercises because that that was really for me what opened up this kind of journey of like self-honesty and and be and like actually facing and acknowledging my internal reactions to things um and so like like going through the exercises trained me to to be honest about how I read scripture and the things like how I felt when I read scripture, you know, for for better or for worse and just being honest about that. Um, but then like the further I went into it, then I would get really frustrated with Ignatius and like his like overly masculine sort of like, you know, just medieval stuff that, you know, the the kinds of things that he would say or use. Um, but I think I think that's a really interesting that's a really interesting kind of like um, combination, right? Of like the the problem is solved and perpetuated like in the same practice. But I think that there's something really valuable and honest about that because that's sort of like how life is, right? Like there's like the complications and um, and the the solutions are kind of all like entangled and wrapped up in each other, and we just sort of have to like delve in and find it. But, but yeah, going back to like the differences between, between the male and female audience for Ignatian stuff, like you're actually, you actually are the one who sent me the spiritual exercises reclaimed. This is the title, right? Yeah. 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 Excellent book. That's, that was the book I was thinking about when I was thinking about a lot of good writing has been done. That's, that's certainly one of the preeminent ones. Yeah. So spoiler alert for listeners, like we're friends behind the scenes, but yeah, you sent me that book. I was like, I thought you were going to say spoiler for the book. I was like, I was like, I mean, it's, it's theology. I don't think there's a spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not allowed to spoil. Um, But no, like I, it gave me so much hope. And it also like made me feel so much less alone to, to know that like, oh, other women are seeing the same problem and they, they're like bringing this conversation forward and they're even providing, you know, theological insights that I, as an, not a trained theologian might have messed without them and so i think there's room for it all but yeah it is complicated yeah i would let me seize on something you said that i think um really for me drives the point home uh again ignatian spirituality exercises invite us to 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 grapple with our feelings or desires and see what comes out and as you said right the import it's important to 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 do that and to and to be okay with that and, and 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 sit with kind of what comes up and that and i think that's the way in which we again, it like begin to muddle through and find answers. But I, uh, you know, too often we do, we suppress those feelings and, and suppress anger as, as your prayer so beautifully, um, uh, you know, spoke to. Um, and I think that's, uh, yeah, you're right. The solution and the problem kind of all embedded in the same tradition. Um, I want to, another really cool thing about your book that I think is, is worth uh, spending some time with is each prayer addresses God differently. And as we probably mentioned, right, there's 80 prayers there, thereabouts. Um, so 80 different ways to address God, which is uh, unique, I think. So I wonder if you could reflect on on that. Why why was that important? Um, and what was the process of, of coming up with 80 different names? You know, I, I imagine 
like you know when you're getting ready to to pick a name for your kid they kind of go to those name books and (laughs) scroll through and i imagine it wasn't that at all so tell me tell us tell us how you did it yeah it actually wasn't that that's true i didn't really think about it but but it it was different um so what i did and i have to shout out joyce rep because i'm a big fan of hers and she did this in a few of her books, uh, Fragments of Your Ancient Name and Prayers to Sophia. And those books like really shifted the way I related to God at a time that I really need a renewed, needed a renewed imagination for how um, to relate to God as like, in, in just like in this next stage of my life rather than sort of like a more, I don't know, like a, like a, like a young person's relationship with God is kind of different to like the second half of life. Um, so I, I, I knew when I started this prayer book that, that that was going to be like the heart of it was like the names for God, um, for every single prayer. And I would always, I came up with like 80 topics that I wanted to write about. Right. Um, and then I, for some of them, I would write the entire prayer first and then come up with the name of God that I wanted to use um, after I had already written the prayer, but then sometimes it would be vice versa. And I would just know before I even started how I wanted to address God in that one. Um, so there wasn't like one format, but I also don't recall ever like really debating it. It felt like it was always like pretty intuitive that I knew what I was going to use. Like I, I would maybe come up with like one or two, maybe three options, but but I think for the most part, it was just like, I would just land on one and I would just know that that was it. Um, and also, I just really recommend it as a spiritual practice for people in prayer because it's, I mean, the Bible gives us, I don't even know, like, I have no idea, hundreds, if not a thousand, like, different names for God if, if we're looking for them. But we kind of tend to get stuck in, like, the same ones that, you know, that the scripture readings that go out, you know, on Sunday use or, or just even even smaller than that of just like father, son, and Holy spirit or whatever. So, but there's so many out there that kind of draw out different uh, aspects of God, different characteristics, different faces that it's a really valuable practice. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I I think you've given us a great starting point just as folks are going through this book to, you know, highlight, I mean, I encourage you to people to to highlight their favorites and and maybe bring those into their own, their own prayer. Um, Cause I think there's a lot of really creative, um, useful ones in there. Um, I want to uh, kind of back to your own writing practice. I, I'm I'm struck by where this book falls in kind of the Shannon Evans canon. Um, you know, the previous book being um, being Rewilding Motherhood, right, which is this extended meditation on on what it means and, and can mean and should mean to be a mother. Um, right? Is that a fair is that a fair yeah, uh, synopsis? You're good. You're good. Um, Not offended. Yeah. Feel feel free to correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, and your next book, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, is um, going to be on the mystics and 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 um, specifically five female mystics. Six female. Six mystics. female yeah. Bonus mystics um, for everybody. <laughs> um, so six six female mystics are really important in the life of the church. And and so you have this kind of the space of, of motherhood to mystics, um, and in between is this is this uh, book on prayers, feminist prayers. Mm-hmm. So. There's a question here somewhere. Um, I, I'm I'm curious to see how, how you're thinking about kind of your own writing progression, your own writing journey, um, what you want to say to people and why. Because it, it seems to me like there's a very clear path that you're you're walking, and and um, I'm just just curious about how you're reflecting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when I first started out writing, like just like blogging, you know, back in the day when people blogged, I was like, 
I am not going to be a women's writer. I was like very, I was very stubborn about this because I was just like, oh, it's, it's fluffy. And like, you know, I don't know. I just thought like I wouldn't be taken as seriously. And I just, I just really um, resisted that. And somewhere along the way, when I kind of felt the Holy Spirit prompting me to start this motherhood book a couple of books ago, um, I kind of had to like really examine my own like internalized misogyny there of like, why do I think it's not, it's not worthy to write for women? And why do I think um, that that isn't something to be proud of or to, or to respect? And so then, yeah, I was, it kind of became this, like, I kind of became like a calling, but I don't think it's a permanent one necessarily. But I think like in these years, it, it has been, I don't know, I guess just like a, an instrument that God has used to like help help women through. Because it's been like a volatile eight years for women, you know, it's, there's a lot shifting in our cultural spaces and even in our church spaces um, as far as like women finding their place and like finding um finding themselves really, instead of just the voices that they hear around them. So it's really been an honor to get to do that. And I definitely feel like this, like you said, this book of prayers kind of bridges this um, motherhood book and the mystics book, which I'm so excited about. It comes out next fall. And I just like, I I just adore it. Every time, every single one I wrote about, I was like, oh, she's my new favorite, you know, because <laughs> they're just incredible. And, and it was so incredibly relevant um, to, to modernity and to the things that women are, are confronted with right now. And I just was so inspired by it. So I can't wait to get it out there, but, um, yeah, I, I think that the mystics book will probably be my last one that is exclusively for women. Um, because I just feel myself growing a little bit more, but, but in a healthier way of like, not like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. It just feels kind of like more things are just opening up inside of me to to be curious about other things but yeah it's been an honor for sure so you are also the um spirituality and culture editor at national catholic reporter um and i wonder as you again kind of looking at your own writing journey but also it gives you a very privileged position to kind of look out at the larger landscape of what's being written um, and thought about in culture and spirituality um what do you want to or hope to see more of um in that space uh, do you want to see more articles on Taylor Swift, more articles on Star Wars? <laughs> always, um, always. No, no, I, I so know. Yes I, to Star I'm Wars, no to, no to Taylor Swift. Is that what I'm taking away? <laughs> I've, I've always got you in the jacket for Star Wars slash Marvel slash Star Trek related content. Perfect. Um, yeah, so that's on the record no. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always more Taylor Swift. Um, no, we, we just ran something a few weeks ago. Um, that I, I really love too, by um, a woman who is in, I want to say a doctoral, pro- a doctoral program at Notre Dame. And so I just loved, it was like public theology, like at its best. It just spoke to my little Swifty heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the concert this weekend. There's so much, so much to be said. Um, but no, as far as like what I, what I want to see, I am really interested in in people kind of bringing, I'm a pretty like relentlessly honest person. And so I really am attracted to people who write really honestly. And that often means with a lot of vulnerability. Um, I find that the LGBTQ plus community does that really well. And so I really like 
amplifying their voices at NCR. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I tell writers a lot is that I would much rather like spend three times the amount of hours helping edit a piece that is maybe not great, but it's honest and unique and takes some risks rather than, than taking one that's like technically great, but doesn't really move me. Um, that's just my personal preference as an editor, but I think that we need more of that. Nice. All right. So if people want to pitch you, what do yeah. they do? Where do they go? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. You can pitch me at s evans at ncronline.org. Cool. And if people want to um, learn about all the work you're doing, the uh, get on your Substack, get ready for your books, where should they go for that? Um, my Substack is The Rewilded Life. I am very active on Instagram, Shannon K, letter K Evans. And I have a website that's also shannonkevans.com. Awesome. And we'll put some links in the show notes. Shannon, anything else you want to, any words of wisdom you want to leave listeners with before you uh, depart for the Taylor Swift concert? I should have come ready for something. No, I don't, unfortunately. (laughs) I have no wisdom. I've said it all. It's all done. It was all, we had half hour wisdom. So it's perfect. This is great. Well, Shannon, hey. Always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, for hanging out. Hope come, hope you come back. Talk about the mystics in a few months. Yeah, we will. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. This episode was edited by me, Eric Clayton. Our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Mike Lasky, Marcus Bleach, Megan Leapsch, Becky Sindelar, Kristen Smith, and me, Eric Clayton. Connect with the Jesuits at Jesuits.org and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Get our weekly email reflection series. Now discern this by visiting Jesuits.org weekly. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about becoming a Jesuit or Jesuit life in general, connect with your local vocation promoter at BeAJesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at jesuits.org. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, as St. Ignatius may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.